Damo, can you believe Christmas is almost here? Thank God for Well and You, Bretto. If you're looking for inspirational gifts for your friends, family or colleagues, then Well and You have you covered. Why not give away The Jom, the iconic journal of me, which has taken the world by storm to help your loved ones create an incredible 2016. Or the beautiful coffee table book INQ, The Inspirational Quotient. This stunning, full-colour coffee table book with inspiring quotes and images is the perfect Christmas gift. To see the full range of Christmas ideas, simply go to www.wellandyou.com. That's www.wellineux.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favourite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making a paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by a fellow chiropractor. He described himself as pretty much the only fat kid in his class. He said he became really good at doing fat kid things, video games were his specialty, indoors was his playground, and Big Macs were his Achilles heel. So this is going to be a great conversation today. I'm really looking forward to joining this one because that is not the Bryce Fleming I know, Dr. Bryce Fleming that I know. He is an inspirational guy, he is a paleo advocate, he's a fitness advocate, he's a very healthy, fit-looking dude. So welcome to the show, Dr. Bryce Fleming. Thank you, Dr. Brett Hill. It's great to be here, mate. Mate, great to have you on board. This one's been long overdue, so I'm so excited to have a bit of a chat today. Yeah, me too. I've been looking forward to it. Nice. So, mate, that's a, that's a great story you've got there. You know, obviously, from the bloke that I know, you've gone through a big transformation at some stage in your life. So, let's start right from the start. Let, let's talk about that, you know, quote-unquote fat kid in class. Um, you know, what was life like for you then, and, and I guess what uh, what happened? It was pretty... Pretty challenging, I must say, when I was growing up as a kid. Um, I think I had a lot of uh, kind of deep-seated emotional issues that <clears throat> really, um, you know, allowed me to overeat and not really um, take care of myself, even as a child. And I found it very difficult to uh, integrate well um, into the society, into schools and things like that. Um, you know, academically, I was, I was really quite poor and uh, physically, I mean, you know, as as uh, someone who's overweight as a child, you you really kind of get picked last on the soccer field and all that kind of stuff. And then socially, uh, I struggled as well because of those things. I used to get picked on a fair amount, and um, uh, yeah. So look, I'm not trying to look back and woe is me, but I I look back at that time and I think, well, that's the start of this journey of where I am today. Um, when I got kind of picked on as a kid. It, it led me into, uh, well, my parents actually kind of drove me down the track of trying to defend myself a bit. And I started taking up martial arts and uh, took up Taekwondo. And um, I think that was a, one of the turning points in my life where, um, you know, things started to, to change a little bit for me. I started to get a little bit fitter and started to see some, uh, you know, some, some real benefits in, in kind of living a little bit of a healthier lifestyle. But I, I really had no idea what I was doing back then, I must say. Um, and... I, and Look, that's how my first experience as a chiropractor came about as well, uh, through, through martial arts. So I had a bit of an injury one time and a chiropractor saw me and uh, adjusted me and, you know, that was a real profound experience and, and something that stuck with me all, all the way through to today. 
So, Bryce, let's talk about that a bit. You know, you said uh, as a kid some emotional issues that led you to overeating, um, you know, without wanting to delve into too much, you know, personal stuff that you may or may not want to talk about. But, you know, what, what sort of stuff was going on with you as a kid that, that headed you in that direction? And I guess the, the, the flip side to that is, you know, if, if you were able to talk to that little kid, you know, mm. or if you were that little kid's parent, you know, what would you say? How would you try and help circumvent that to get around that? Well, I think, first of all, the reason why a lot of those issues did, did develop was um, I mean, my parents did separate. I think that had something to do with it. Uh, and uh, looking back on it now, if I could speak to myself, I would tell myself that it's okay. It's just a period of time. You know, it's something you need to get through and you have to learn from. Um, and somehow that, that experience is actually going to do me some favours later on down the track. Yeah, nice. I like that. So it's not about not having the experience. It's not about saying, well, change what you're doing, do this, do that. It's saying, well, you know, participate in the experience, you know, learn from it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we get so hung up nowadays on trying to do the right thing that we forget to actually look at the now and realize that, you know, we need to embrace what is happening at this point in time and learn from it and use it and then, you know, choose whether or not you're going to lead a better life or choose to lead a life that's definitely not optimal. And so you mentioned, you know, struggling integrating into school. You know, what were your issues there? And, and once again, I guess, you know, what, what would you have liked, what would you do now in that situation to try and help you either A, integrate into school or B, create an environment that was better suited for you to learn? Well, I, I suppose I kind of took it on board myself uh, when I actually got into high school um, and I thought, well, how am I going to change this? I really don't like this situation that I'm in. What can I do that's going to help me to be a better version of myself? And I remember um, talking to my, my parents, talked to my mother and I said, look, you know, what, what do I do? And she goes, look, you've got an opportunity now to, to change. Um, Here's, a, here's a, a bit of advice, and she gave me some advice, um, which is the old kind of conventional type of wisdom, um, started researching low-fat type foods and uh, how much exercise you should do and all that kind of stuff, and, um, and so that's what I did. You know, I just took that conventional advice and wisdom that we all got taught, and I started exercising a heap. I used to um, start doing lots of long-distance type running, and you know, most days I'd train for an hour or an hour and a half, something like that if not more, and I became the absolute guru when it came to low-fat, um, quote-unquote, what they call healthy eating. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I started preparing all my own foods during high school, and it really was a, um, an experience for me. It gave me some um, self-confidence in that I did have control of my own life, which was, yeah. uh, you know, priceless. It's just that the, the way I was going about it was actually quite, detrimental obviously to my health you know i i looked skinnier i started losing weight because i just wasn't putting in enough nutrients into my system um so i i thought i was actually getting healthier but the reality was my body just started breaking down you know i uh my muscles started wasting away my um, skin started to break out i my, my digestive issues all the time i was fatigued i was angry i didn't really understand why um, you know, all these type of issues were happening, um, yet I thought I was doing the right thing, you know. And, and that's, um, it, that was a real, real learning experience as well. Um, my, my, I think my mother actually, I remember now she was saying to me uh, whilst I was going through all those, those issues that, you know, maybe there's something wrong with you. Maybe we should go and get you checked out. So um, 
I went to uh, the medical doctor who did a whole bunch of tests and uh, they found that I was quite low in testosterone. Um, mind you, there was no asking about why <laughs> that's yeah. happened. It was, yeah. it was just like, well, there is something broken inside of you. We need to try and fix you. Yeah, and, and testosterone being a fat-derived uh, you know, hormone within your body. <laughs> the low-fat diet, you start thinking, hang on a second. Of right. course. So knowing what I know now, I mean, it's just you slap yourself on the forehead and go, of course I'm going to have low testosterone. Of course I'm going to be angry. Of course I'm not going to handle stress as well because I'm not utilizing the fats from my diet and things like that, you know. Um, hindsight's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. <laughs> um so, yeah, so from there, they, they sent me to an endocrinologist um, who specializes in hormones, um, and they uh, tested me to make sure I didn't have a brain tumor. Um, wow. I went through uh, the big CT scan, so if, uh, if anyone's ever been in one of those things, uh, it's like you get put into a, I don't know, a giant hot dog bun, and there's this huge metal twang that goes off, and it's quite confronting and scary, you know? Um, and they, they tested, and they said, look, we, we don't know really what's wrong with you, but the only solution that we have is that you're going to have to take this this drug, this anabolic steroid, this test, this unnatural um, testosterone, and you're going to have to take this big needle and stick it in your butt every week for the rest of your life. And I've just, even as a as a teenager, I'm thinking this isn't right. There's something gone wrong here. Um, and I I declined. I said, look, I, I don't. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> There's got to be a better solution. There's got to be a better way. Um, and, uh, and then I kind of reflect back on it now and I go back to that experience I had with a chiropractor and I remember that chiropractor when I was really young saying, you know, your body can self-heal and self-regulate. You just got to kind of give it the right ingredients. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and, you know, you would agree with me with that philosophy, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I ended up going to university and, uh, you know, after a bit of, you know, fluffing around and doing what most university people do and not really being focused, I, I finally focused on being a chiropractor and, and graduating. And here was a really interesting thing. The information that made me sick, and you'll probably back me up here as well, Brett, the information that made me sick was what we got taught at university. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I got out. And I was allowed to, to deal with patients and people, and I had to try and tell them stuff that was making me sick. Yeah. And I was just going, wow, this just, it doesn't make sense, you know? Why would you keep doing something? What's the definition of insanity? Hmm. Doing the same thing, expecting a different result. <laughs> um, and then uh, to, to continue on with my story, it was about, oh, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago where I got introduced to a, um, a chiropractor by the name of Dr. James Chestnut who flipped everything on its head for me. In, in one, um, one uh, lecture that I attended, the world changed completely. You know? And that's where a lot of these paleo and primal type uh, principles started to get introduced. Yeah. That's where I started to reevaluate what I was doing. And I, I just, you know, everything just made sense. Yeah, and we've spoken about Dr. James Chestnut before on this show because he was definitely one of the early influences for me. You know, my my first was probably Dr. McCullough, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but Dr. James Chestnut came not far after that. And uh, and as you said, it, it it really I think for both of us it was that chiropractic philosophy. It was that understanding of the fact that your body is actually innately designed to be healthy, and if you give it what it needs and take out what it doesn't, then 
it tends to do that, and it tends to do it really well most of the time. So, um, you know, that chiropractic philosophy is great, and it follows through. Now, I've got so many questions I want to ask based on all oh, the yeah, stuff you just said, Bryce. So right. I've got heaps of stuff I want to say. But before I do that, I just want to give absolute kudos to you for what you did. I mean, to to be able to make those changes from, you know, as you said, being the fat kid, being unhealthy, overweight, not very fit, all those things, but to take on that and to then start training for an hour and a half a day, you know, to completely change around your diet and to work so hard at that, particularly doing it that way because you're doing it in a way that A, is pretty hard work and Mm. B, doesn't necessarily work all that well. (laughs) Uh, Yet to still stick at that and to do that, I mean, that takes some incredible mental discipline, I reckon, to be able to do that. And, And so I guess my first question is, how much did the martial arts help you in that regard? You know, what did you learn from the martial arts, from the mental side, first of all, that really helped you in life? Yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head with that one. A lot of the martial arts upbringing was um, giving me the drive to see something through to the end. Um, I ended up getting my second day in black belt. And, um, oh, it, oh, bear it that helped. in mind. Be nice yeah. to Bryce. Be nice to Bryce. Got it. Yeah. I'll snap kick you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, that, that discipline of turning up every week, going through drills and skills, um, you know, patterns, learning, um, you know, getting outside of your comfort zone by, um, you know, sparring with someone, all that type of stuff, it, it gave me a lot of that um, mental ability to, to really take myself to where I needed to go. I just, I just lacked the direction back then. That's all it was. Yeah. And what about the fitness side? You know, what did you learn from the martial arts in that regard? Um, the fitness, I suppose it, it didn't really kind of come into it. The fitness was more what I did outside of the martial arts. The martial arts was more kind of, you know, it was a real old school type of school that I went to. Um, great instructor, phenomenal technique stuff, but it was just going through so many drills and skills, you know. The, the fitness side was kind of left up to me. You know, you, you run, you train by yourself, you do a lot of that kind of stuff, um, and all your skills work was, was really done in class. Yeah. All right. So, so obviously you got to the stage, you'd made all these changes, you know, you were doing all this exercise, you were eating so well, yet your health was going downhill. You know, that must have been pretty hard. And, and by the time you get to the stage where, you know, we're talking CT scans, we're looking for brain tumors, I mean, that's really scary. So um, tell us a bit more about that. I mean, that, that must have been a, a frustrating time of your life. Yeah, it was very frustrating. It was, um, it was scary. I didn't know what was going on. I got told that I would never have kids. You know, it's, it's like, well, we don't know what's wrong with you. We can't figure it out. You've got nothing that's showing up on any scans, but, you know, take this, this drug. And, but, it, but you're going to have it for life. You're going to have it for life <laughs> and, and pretty much, you know, don't count on having kids. This is what I got told as a, as a teenager. Far out. And, and I've got nothing against the medical profession at all. I think they were doing their job with the information they had. It's, mm. it's not that they did anything wrong or um, misguiding or anything like that. It's just that it comes from a different paradigm or a different perspective that – that really just didn't kind of work for me. Yeah. And, and as you said before, it, it comes back to that why question, doesn't it? Because if mm. you don't ask why, if you just accept the fact that there's a hormonal imbalance, and you know we see this in so many different illnesses and health issues throughout society, that people just get told, well, this is out of balance. You don't have this chemical. You've got too much of that chemical. This is what you need to take to sort it out. Or this is the organ we need to remove to sort it out. Yet we don't sit back and go, yeah, but why? Why? You know, yeah. and, and once you ask that why question, there's so many solutions that become almost self-evident a lot of the time. If you've got, you know, even just a basic understanding of physiology, you know, like I said, you know, a basic understanding of physiology tells you that 
um, you know, that, that steroid-based hormones uh, are based on fat and that you yeah. need to have healthy, good fats in your diet to be able to produce those. You know, that's not complex uh, medicine. You know, that's like first-year health science, you know. Um, the cholesterol, the evil fat, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, sometimes it is just the, the ability to ask that question why, you know, a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of common sense to start heading in that right direction, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, 100% agree with you. And so, obviously, you went along to Chestnut, and Chestnut is a bit of a freak. Like, he's an amazing guy. He has this photographic memory, and he just remembers everything. And so, he gets all of this amazing research and is able to compile it and piece it all together in such a fantastic way because, you know, not only does he make it approachable for someone you know, like you may have been yourself just at sort of at the base introductory level or, or someone in the public, but, you know, even someone with a very, you know, rational scientific brain, off, you know, sceptical, whatever, um, you know, he presents the evidence and, and it's pretty hard to, to argue against when he does it, which is awesome. So, you know, no doubt you would have done come out of that seminar. And the other thing is not only does he present the evidence, but he presents the philosophy. He gives the why behind it as well, which is awesome. So you would have come out of that seminar pumped up, inspired, maybe even feeling a little bit flat because you would have realized that a fair bit of stuff you were doing wasn't actually helping you. Um, yeah. But then what happened? What did you do next? Well, I actually I felt, um, I felt angry a little bit. I felt like I'd been duped yeah. by the world, yeah. you know, and, and I, I used that, that anger and that passion to then – to, to make different decisions. You know, my, um, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, I, I remember saying to her, no, nah, everything's changed. Everything's changed. You know, and she's going, what are you talking about? <laughs> you sound like a nut job. And um, I, <laughs> look, I, I must admit, I didn't really have a good guideline of, of what I needed to do. I just, needed, I just knew that I needed to do something different. Because yeah. back when we got introduced to that, that different philosophy and a lot of the Paleolithic principles, there wasn't the support network around then. No. You know, it really was, you're going to have to figure out yourself a little bit. It wasn't on Today Tonight. No, it was, <laughs> you know, we didn't have people like Pete Evans, you know, driving it forwards. And we didn't have, um, you know, like yourself with the, the, the wellness summit and the, you know, the podcast that you do and all that kind of stuff. It just, it wasn't around. So you just kind of had to figure it out for yourself. And mm. I remember um, I, I stuffed it up a fair bit at the beginning, you know, I, I <laughs> I didn't eat enough. I um, I remember that it, it changed my sleeping patterns, and I didn't understand that I'd have to go through some kind of metabolic shift if I was going to cut out grains completely. And mm. you know, it was all just trial and error. Um, but again, I, I look back at that, and I use that information and that knowledge, and the I suppose the experimenting I did on myself to be able to help people and the people I look after now, yeah. help guide them through those things because it's normal. You know, it's normal to stuff it up mm. yeah. uh, and it's normal to look for help and advice and it's normal to go through periods of um, almost mini crises when you go through change. And so did you go through the evangelical phase, Bryce? Did you, did you go through the phase where you just want to force every single person around you to do it and tell them all they're yeah. wrong? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And people just look at you like, Mate, you are a crackpot, you know. <laughs> um, and of course, you've got to learn from that as well and realize that you can't force information down people's throats. You need to just ask them questions about their own beliefs and maybe even help challenge those beliefs so that they can come up with the solutions that are going to help them in the end. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess aside from that, aside from not forcing it down people's throats, what is your advice now for people who are making that transition, you know, for people who are just starting paleo, but also for people who, who you know, have got into it a bit now and are wanting to 
you know, keep progressing and take that next step? Um, well, a lot of the advice that I give is, um, is, is written down in, in the book that I've just done. It, it, it follows kind of a step-by-step plan of, of trying not to deprive yourself of anything that you currently enjoy because it's very hard and it's unsustainable to give up what you currently like. Mm. Uh, but also, you know, don't force yourself into doing things that you, you don't want to do at this point in time. Just start with the things that you know you'll be able to change. You know, like like adding more water, or maybe going outside and getting a bit of sunshine, or setting the clock, um, you know, a little bit earlier to go to bed, or something like that. You know, very basic, easy things that you can start to produce habits and um, you know start to change neurological patterning with, so that it becomes easy to change rather than, well, I'm just going to give this whole paleo thing a go and just go full steam ahead <laughs> at it and you know fail and then say well, that didn't work for me. You know, that's, that's the worst thing that can happen. If you don't give it a, an honest go with guidelines, it's really, really tough, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you and I are on, on exactly the same page there. I think that's, that's fantastic. And it is about taking it easy on yourself. It is about just, you know, changing one thing at a time. You know, it is about adding in first before trying to take away because it's always easier yep. to add something in than take it away. So, this sounds great. So how did you get to the stage where you decided that you needed to write a book? Obviously, you know, you've made that transition with yourself um, mm-hmm. and no doubt people would have been asking you. You would have had a lot of people coming to you wanting information. You know, no doubt in your practice, you would have had a lot of people coming to you wanting information, seeing how well you're doing things and how healthy and vibrant and you know, good looking you are, all those sort of things. So, <laughs> Thanks, um, mate. I'll pay at, you late for that. <laughs> at what stage did you decide that, that a book was required? Well, I think it was around that that point in time when I was struggling to find information that would support me in my journey that I realized that, you know, if I'm going to have to learn all this myself, I I want to be able to help other people. So I'm going to have to write it all down. So it was about um, probably about four or five years ago that I did did start on the the quest of compiling all this information I had uh, and putting it into a a, a follow-up, like a a step-by-step format for, for the book. Yeah, nice. So what do you reckon are the biggest challenges people have taking on a paleo lifestyle? Um, I think at the moment it's knowing how and what to do. Um, Just like anything that we do, you know, as a society, we tend to kind of stuff it up a bit through marketing and, um, you know, people will kind of jump on a bandwagon and say, you know, this product over here is paleo and you look at the ingredients and it's just all sugar (laughs) and, you know, so... I think there's still a lot of confusion about um, what is the right way to go about it. And um, I think, you know, that's why, again, people that can listen to things like your podcast and can immerse themselves in, in uh, you know, a wellness society, they get given the, the real advice, not just the marketing advice that gets put out there all the time. So that would probably be the biggest issue, I think, at this point in time. Yeah, I reckon that's a huge one, and a lot of it does come down to the marketing, but it also comes down to the media and even the social media, and Mm. I often say this to people, I say, you know, like, eating fruit and veg just isn't that sexy, you know, like, you're not going to post on your social media, you're not going to post on Instagram every day, hey, guess what, I had a carrot today, you know, (laughs) guess what, I, you know, because it's just not that interesting, and so what everyone ends up posting on their social media is more like the rare occurrences that they do every now and then, and so it might be like a paleo donut, like I posted a couple of days ago, you know, or or it might be, uh, you know, it might be uh, eating crickets, or, you know, just something, you know, a bit weird, but but it's the stuff that's kind of around the fringe. 
And yeah. I think sometimes what ends up happening is people start thinking that that's what paleo is. You know, yep. that it's all about meat and crickets and donuts. <laughs> and yep. that actually, it's not about, you know, just eating huge quantities of, of vegetables in particular every single day. Um, yep. And so I think that's where a lot of distortion can come from, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Uh, I never really kind of thought of it in that respect, actually, the whole social media approach and the fringe um, of what we, we tend to promote. But you're, you're spot on. You know, we, we tend to try and show people the, um, you know, the fun, if you will, side of it. Um, yeah. We get to really just reinforce the nuts and bolts a lot of the time. Um, and, yeah, look, I think, I think the other thing is, too, you know, the actual lifestyle is not just about the food. You know, it's, it embraces all components of trying to match your um, your environment to what your genes require. So, you know, a lot of people just focus on, right, I have to eat this now. And then they forget mm. to move properly. They sit down all day and then they lock themselves in front of a computer screen all day and, you know, do all those things that affect your health on a global level which means that you're probably not going to utilize the nutrients anywhere near as well from the foods that you eat. It means that you're, um, you know, you're only, you're missing a, a vital piece to the overall health puzzle and you still wonder why, you know, you're not getting the change in the results that you expect from quote unquote going paleo. Yeah. So, so we often talk about the different uh, facets of health and, and, you know, some people will say there's three facets, some people will say there's four facets, there's nine facets, you know, what's, <laughs> What's your paradigm? What, what's your uh, picture look like? Well, I, I try and stick to the big four, which is um, the food, so what goes into your body, what I call fuel, um, obviously the movement, the way that your body can move, mm-hmm. uh, the environment that you create, and that comes down to your internal environment, how you think about things, your external environment, in other words, um, you know what you do throughout the day, where you work, where you sleep, all that kind of stuff. Uh, how much sunshine you get, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, and also your social environment, you know, how you position yourself in society so that you either are focusing or allowing people to help you on your journey or you're putting yourself in situations that are hindering your, your progress. Uh, and then the fourth component is, is really what I deal with on a clinical level every day through chiropractic is integrating all those things together by making sure your nervous system is functioning as well as it possibly can. Yeah, so they're the four kind of components that I, I focus on. Beautiful. So, you know, we've probably spoken about chiropractic a bit on this show, but there'll be some people who are newer to the show who, who, who I guess, aren't aware of that. So can you just talk a little bit on, on nervous system? How does the nervous system get interfered with? Why is that so important? How does that relate to the rest of the paleo lifestyle? Yeah, good question, Brett. Look, every time um, a bone in your spine stops working properly or loses its normal motion or something like that, it's going to directly affect the way that your your brain and your body communicate through your nervous system. So what we find is that this environment that we've created for ourselves, where we do have to sit down a lot of the time, we have a lot of these unnatural stresses being placed on our our physical body and our nervous system itself, we get a lot of, um, I like to call them kind of blockages, if you will, in in the way that the spine works, which um, slows down or um, stops the 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 body from functioning to its full capacity so you know really what i do as as, on a clinical level as a chiropractor is i don't really focus on what symptoms people have i more focus on what they need and what's required to get their brain and nervous system functioning at the best possible level for them Um, and once that's occurred then i start focusing on the nutrition the movement the environment and everything else 
Beautiful. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. It's it's like chatting to a younger, smarter, better looking version of myself. So it's uh you know, I'm just sitting here nodding along with everything you've been saying. It's been great. Thank you so oh, much, mate. Thanks for having me on, Brett. I'm happy to uh, to be here. So for people who want to find out more, they can head to drbricefleming.com.au. They can look up Dr. Bryce Fleming. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. He's on Twitter. He's all over the internet. Um, if they want to get a hold of the book, The Underground Health Revolution, um, they can find that at the website. Um, they can order the hard copy of it. And Bryce has assured me that the ebook version is coming very soon. Is that right, Bryce? That's correct. So once again, thank you so much for having us, or for coming on the show with us, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, to everyone else, until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com. And let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.